Welcome to She Grows. We're here to walk through topics that we all deal with in everyday life. I'm Danielle Doss. And I'm Jen Matthews. And we are here to arm you with the hope and peace that comes straight from the gospel. We're going to leave out the fluff and chase down the truth. So whether you're driving, doing laundry, working out, we hope you find truth and encouragement. Let's grow together. Hello. Gosh, you guys look incredible. I know that it's so funny. She said Miss Danielle, so I'm just going to say, I know Miss Jen has already welcomed everyone. (laughs) We never refer to one another as Miss anything, so that's funny. Um, But it really is like this is our first She Gathering of 2024. It's wild to think about. We're entering into like year three of being able to gather together and worship. And while I am so expectant about what's going to happen throughout the rest of the year, I'm just so excited excited and honored and humbled and all the incredible things that go hand in hand with the Lord to be able to share with you tonight a message that I know he has for every single person in here. Um, Whenever I was pregnant with our little boy, Shepard, he, uh, well, one, I was single-handedly carrying on the doll's name. So that was a big deal to be able to have this boy and to present him, right? As like, here you are, I have done my job. Thank you. But whenever it was time for baby dedication, it really did feel like this, I guess it was like a Lion King moment, like the Simba, like, here he is, Lord, what you have given me, here he is, I'm giving him back to you. And it really did feel like this bit of like royalty. And that's how I feel about this message. As crazy as that feels and says like out loud, it is this tenderness that the Lord has been so gracious to um, just give. And I'm excited to be able to share what he has for you. Before we do, I would love to just be able to pray. And he's already here and he's already doing the work, but I just wanna ask him to take over my mouth because it'll get a little crazy sometimes. (laughs) Lord, we love you. You're our favorite. And thank you, God, for just loving us and, and being our Father. And um, for every single woman that's in this room today, I ask God that you um, do what only you can do for every person that's watching online and um, for every person that's going to be listening to the podcast. God, I just pray, God, that you meet them exactly where they are at this moment. Lord, use me as a vessel, and I just pray, God, that you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Why am I like carrying it around? It's because I'm talking about Jesus and like God's precious son. You know, moments of worship and gathering are really important. I mean, we just experienced like this incredible moment of worship. I kept thinking, he's in the room. He is in this room. We said it 50 times, like he is in the room. And that is incredible. Like we, it's an honor to be able to come and gather together to worship but it's only gonna be sustaining for as much as you have here. So what I mean is gathering for worship is great, but if you don't have a spiritual, like a rhythm or any sort of um, discipline or habit, then this moment is only gonna take you so far. So what I want us to be able to lean in tonight about is this, this most spiritual thing that you can do is form practical disciplines and habits for your life. A guy, his name is Dallas Willard. He is an American philosopher and he is known for writing about spiritual formation. And he quotes that there is no problem on human earth that the solution is not apprenticeship in Jesus. 
And um, I don't know about you guys about uh, habits or whatnot. Uh, whenever the last she ended, this is back at the beginning of December, the Lord had whispered to me, habits. And you know, like we're moving into the new year and I already know my track record with certain habits. So I was like, uh-huh, Lord, I hear you. You know, like just push it down, push it down. And, um, and so I was just, I just kept praying and I just, okay, I don't know about y'all, but are y'all like excellent with habits? Okay, litmus test. Here we have, we're what, like nine weeks into the year. How many are still dieting? And maybe, uh-huh, thank you for being honest in this house of worship. How many in here are, are living their most organized life? How many in here are still hitting the gym every single day? I, I see you with that. Hey, good job, sis. Good job. I love it. Yeah, that, that person needs a round of a clip. But the truth is, it's like habits come and go. They just don't stick all the time. But there is something so much more about a spiritual habit. For us, you know, we'll, we may have spirits that unravel or maybe that the desire is not the same, but habits are great, but without the capacity and the commitment, our new, you know, dopamine rush or whatever that we're praying for, it just isn't gonna sustain. And I'm just gonna, just everybody breathe. I'm, I'm not talking about New Year's goals tonight. Like that part, I'm still working that out on my own end. <laughs> and a flip of the calendar may not change any sort of willpower in you, except that, we know that ultimately we're all doing something, whether it's planned or it's not planned. We're all following, we're all chasing, we're all looking for a way to have some sort of peace, some sort of happiness. And just like what old Dallas said, is that talking about that apprenticeship. And um, I don't know about you guys, but like I've not done an apprenticeship as a doctor. I know we have nurses in here. I know we have teachers. And there is a different aspect of apprenticeship because you're not just going to the classroom to learn. You're actually going and doing it. And uh, okay, so maybe you're not um, an apprentice as a doctor or whatnot, but we're all apprentices as influencers, am I right? I mean, we're all wearing pink tonight because it was suggested to wear pink tonight. My husband and I were talking earlier um, whenever we were just getting ready for the day this morning. And I was like, you know, every area of our home has been influenced in some sort of way because somebody said, hey, your home needs da-da-da-da-da or your cabinet. Like we have lights underneath our cabinets at this point. We didn't know we needed lights under our cabinets. But now we need lights and now we have lights and I guess it's a great thing, I don't know, but I know that I can't be the only one who's ever been influenced in a way, especially y'all, if they put that dang Amazon link and it's already there. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for making it so convenient. Let me go ahead. And all those things are good. Like there's nothing wrong with chasing after anything that's gonna make you happy or uh, bring peace, except that we can get into a habit of where we're just settling. Like we, we have good right here, but great's right here. And all it takes is just a few more steps for us to get to the great. Or we may even have like this counterfeit joy or counterfeit peace, and we don't even realize it. And that is the importance of having a spiritual rhythm or a spiritual habit in your life. I know like in our culture, it's really easy just to put a Band-Aid on or it's really easy just to go in and click to purchase to, or maybe to start a new project or maybe we just don't wanna deal with something that's like super heavy so we just pull out our phone and we have this digital addiction that we can't put down. It's not just 
a cultural problem. And it's not even, if I'm gonna be real honest, it's probably, it represents some area in our, for every person that's in here. But truthfully, the bigger issue is that it's an American Christianity problem. So why does it matter? Why do spiritual habits matter? Did you know that the number of Americans who identify as Christian is 68%? This is, of course, through America. Um, I would imagine probably a little bit thicker in the South. We probably helped that curve go a little bit more. That number slipped from 72% in 2020 to 68%. The number of Americans who are serious about their discipleship to Jesus, which just means the importance of weekly gatherings of worship, uh, spending time in prayer, spending time in the Word. I'm not talking like Mother Teresa stuff. I'm saying like just the things that would help us grow in our faith. 4% of the 68% would say that they take their relationship with Jesus seriously. And that is a big pill to swallow. And I will be honest, when my girl comes in at 68% on a test, I'm gonna say, now we got some stuff to do. We're gonna change some things around here to get that grade up, right? But y'all, at 4%, we are not even going to class at 4%. Like, we're not even there. And that matters because statistically, 4% of people that are in this room right now are following after Jesus and have that, that spiritual habit. So that even, even if we were to say, okay, let's just double that and take it to 8%, 8% still ain't great. Like if we double that and we take it to 16%, like there's a big gap somewhere in there. And I just know like this is, we can say, we can sing incredible worship songs and mean it from the very core of who we are. But if we don't have a spiritual habit or a spiritual discipline, we just aren't gonna grow in our faith. I love, um, in John chapter eight, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people. And in that crowd, there's a lot of questions. Jesus is getting a little, little bite back and, and the Pharisees are asking and they're doubling down. And, and yet, and somewhere in that crowd, there are, there are people there that begin to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so Jesus talks to them and says, in, in verse 31 and 32, it says, uh, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is relative, right? Like, me knowing something is not going to set me free, right? Like, the bad report that takes place, or, you know, death, whatever. Like, that doesn't set you free. So what is it in that scripture that Jesus is talking to the disciples? Because truly, we're all alive, but are we living? Like, are we experiencing what Jesus has for us? In 31, if you read it back, it says, if you remain faithful to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you remain faithful to my teachings, not do you know my teachings, it's I want you to abide and remain in my teachings. 68% of Americans call themselves Christians, but only four are choosing to experience that freedom that only Jesus can give and show us. Just like old Willard said, like the apprentice, the, follow, the, the following of Jesus. The number one lie of the enemy is that it's God's job to make us happy. The number one lie. And don't you know, like that's just how the enemy works. Like he wants to, you to believe, well, God didn't make me happy, so... That didn't work. 
We'll settle, we'll abandon ship, we settle for an, a counterfeit. But it's not God's job. It's a priority, like he wants us to be happy, but it's just not his priority. His priority is that we're holy and that we are set apart. And that's all holy means, is that we're just set apart. And then the byproduct of being holy is the happy. I love, this is not gonna be up on the um, screen, but I'm gonna read it. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So holiness is not a destination that we're just gonna arrive to. Like we're not gonna wake up at 80 deciding who we wanna be at 80, right? This is gonna be something, we're not gonna wake up and say, oh, today I'm gonna be a saint, like, Here I am, I have arrived, Lord. Like we're all here on planet Earth. None of us have achieved that level, right? So even if you're in that 4%, there's always still something for us to grow and to mature in. So what is it that does make us holy? Well, sometimes it's just a little bit heavy and hard. Um, And Matthew, Jesus is saying, if any of you want to be my follower, then you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Y'all, the cross is not meant just for Jesus. It's for us too. Jesus knew that we would have to put to death our pride, our selfishness, our preferences, our habits, our addictions, our greed, literally anything that would cause for our flesh to grow in. You know, you can look at a cup of coffee and you can look at a cup of water and you know the difference, right? Like, it's clear, like one's a little bit murky, one tastes really good, then there's water, it's fine. (laughs) But holiness is just becoming more and more like him. Like, you don't have to see and and just guess, well, am I holy? Like, no, you're gonna know what the water and the coffee are looking like and what they're tasting like, they're different. So for us to be able to continue on, we just have to continue apprenticing and following after Jesus. In Hebrews 12, the um, writer of Hebrews encourages us in verses one and three, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Holy habits allow for us to run the race that is set before us with endurance we already have some biblical, like some uh, spiritual habits listed in that. We're gonna die to self. We're, we're gonna strip off the, the weights. We're gonna let that sin go because God's got a better, a better plan in it. We're gonna run with endurance. We need that consistency. We need that devotion. We need to be able to have that patient endurance. And yes, that cross is heavy, but what does Jesus give us the example of? Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. And y'all, the other side, putting to death. I mean, not even worried about the shame on the cross because he is sitting in communion with God. And I think that that is incredible that we are even invited into that because of Jesus. So what do you need to do to make spiritual habits and keep them? Uh, Well, we're gonna follow after Jesus. I hope that I've made that abundantly clear tonight. (laughs) Uh, You know, just like the uh, karate master said, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, all that. 
It's a muscle memory that's taken place. And that's what spiritual habits do for you. Because listen, sometimes you ain't gonna feel like getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go and read your Bible. And sometimes you're not gonna feel like getting and turning on worship music. And sometimes you're not gonna feel like dot, 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 dot. Because life happens, but you got that muscle memory, you got that wax on, wax off, then it's gonna be a natural process for you just to go, all right, this is what we do. This is what we do. And it's not like we're doing this for any merit. It's because this is the way that Jesus is saying that's gonna bring us life and freedom. So create pillars for yourself. Put some structures up. There are so many different spiritual rhythms that you can just pick up out of scripture. But here are just a few that I've practiced that I know that are tried and true. I've been following the Lord after 20, you know, for 25 years and... Um, I just feel like there's something in me that wants to say, these, it actually works. Like it works. Like it is what, it does what he says it's gonna do. So in your prayer time, practice gratitude prayer. Set times throughout the day to say, you know what? It's me and you. You don't have to make it a 30 minute or an hour ordeal. Just be consistent in your timing and say, you know what, before I go into this meeting, I'm gonna spend some time and I'm gonna talk to you about it. Or before I go and do dot, 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 I'm gonna talk to you because he wants to hear and he wants you to hear him. Pray through the Psalms, I love that. Like sometimes I'm just gonna be honest, like my brain, well, it, it ain't gonna be on all cylinders at all the time. So like it's already laid out for me in scripture. Spend some time in the Word. Set that time aside to spend in the Word with Jesus. It says so much more about His character, about His goodness. You learn who He is by spending time in the Word. And yes, you are going to see the fruit in your life from that. But take time. You know, it's not too late. You can join in on your daily. Who in here, just by a good, you don't have to raise your hand, but like by a good little hoot hoot, is spending time in their daily reading plan. That's what I'm talking about. That's more than 4%. I see that. <laughs> uh, so spend time, meditate on the scripture. My very favorite thing is to get a scripture in the morning and just think about it. You know, I'll get all crazy. I'm like, let me do a deep dive. I told Jen last week, I was like, have you ever heard of Stethanos? Read about him. It's like mentioned like once. <laughs> but like, me, like meditate on what the Lord is teaching you in scripture. And worship, make it a commitment in your daily life to take and say, I'm gonna commit every single week to be in the house of the Lord. I'm gonna worship him. I'm gonna be with his family. I'm gonna spend time thanking him for what he does. And then just remember to honor the Sabbath, like set that time aside, enjoy God's creation. Like I know, you know, it could be, it's easy to think, oh, that's just one more thing to do. That's just one more thing to know. No, like these are, these are beautiful things. These are great gifts that the Lord's given us to be able to have that worship experience. You know, we live in 2024. You can make your own playlist, play your own worship music. You don't like what's played here? Cannot imagine, but if you don't, <laughs> you can create your own playlist, y'all. I'm gonna tell myself right now, I've been listening to 90s Christian music for like three or four weeks now. I really feel it on Sunday mornings. I'm like, shout to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it doesn't have to be something that's just like, oh, it's just another thing. Like this is like, it's your day in, your day out. We are apprenticing. The truth is, is that that is exactly what Jesus' disciples did. They followed after him, they learned from him. 
they, it, it's a part of their formal education, actually, to be able to go and study um, under a rabbi. It's kind of like this uber elite education. And so basically, what Jesus did is what they did. It would be step in step, meal and meal, napping, napping, like side by side, day in, day out, following after Jesus, wiping the dust from Jesus' steps that close of an apprenticeship. It's more of the formation instead of that information. It's really just it's like reading through scripture and saying, you know what? I'm not doing that. There's a better way. And Jesus has a better plan. It's better than mine. So I'm going to follow after that. Uh, I came across this question and I have been like just marinating in it because that's what I do. Um, it's, think about this. Let me get my question right. If you were to ask Jesus how his spiritual life is, how do you think he would answer that? Well, if you're in scripture, you know, he'd probably ask you a question because that's what Jesus does. He's not gonna give direct answers. It's gonna be a question. But honestly, that's the most profound part about it is that it's the, it's the answer that nobody wants to answer. Everything about Jesus is spiritual. And that's exactly how we should be. You know, it's, I was thinking about this today and it was like the perfect scenario for just even thinking about the day in, day out. My daughter, Isabella, had to ride the bus today. So I sent an email to the school. The lady calls me, lets me know how I got your email. I'm gonna put her on the bus, da, 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 da. We've done this a few times. We know each other. We're very friendly with one another. And I could just hear in her voice that something wasn't right. And she just said, I said, hey, how are you doing? She's like, well, I'm making it. Or you ain't gonna say you're making it without me going in, but like, but tell me more, you know? And um, it was just unfortunate. Her father, her, her, I'm sorry, her stepdad had just passed away. The funeral's tomorrow. And um, her mom has Alzheimer's and now she's gonna be stepping into this caregiving position. And, and I just said, do you mind if I pray, you know, get your mom's name? I'd love to pray for you guys. I, so minimal, but my eyes are focused on the kingdom. Like, I want to be step in step. How would Jesus respond? You remember those bracelets back in the day? Like, what would Jesus do? <laughs> you, you could go, I say, I, actually, I think it's a thing still. I think I see those. But it's more of like, what would Jesus do if he were me? In that moment, I'm talking to a lady who's going to bury her stepdad tomorrow. What would Jesus do? He would see her. And I'm not saying one thing on my, on my side. I'm just saying like, just keep your thought process, that focus, that day in, day out. The truth is, if the only spiritual discipline that you have is on the clothes that you wear or the Instagram posts that you see or the Instagram posts that you're sharing, you don't have any spiritual discipline. So get into the word, create spiritual disciplines for yourself. I'm not saying you have to join, what is it? I don't know, a nun, nunnery convent? I don't know, monk. <laughs> We're not saying like we have to go, but this is like, it's very practical stuff. Paul says in Romans 12, verse two, it says, don't copy the behaviors or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn and to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I love the message version. It's not gonna be up there, but I gotta read it. 
And this is what it says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary, sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to the culture around you that you fit in without even thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike culture around you, always dragging you down to the level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you in developing well-informed maturity in you. It's a long process. I don't want you to think whenever, I don't want you to wake up and be like, holy, here I am, I have arrived. Lord, go ahead, take me up. That's not how it works. It's just like how we, we didn't arrive to be, you know, the grown women that we are sitting in this room without there being a process. We all started as a little baby. And so that is your spiritual life just the same. Like it is going to be a long process that you need to be able to have that commitment and that dedication. I started uh, playing some pickleball recently and um, well, it's a lot of dedication and commitment here because I am the worst, (laughs) the worst. But it's taken, it's like, okay, that muscle memory, like, okay, don't, and oh, just, I'm not out of like the worst category yet, not by a long shot, but like, if this is the bottom, then I'm here. Like, I can figure out that backhand a little bit better, you know, but it's just like that commitment and that dedication and putting into something. In fact, one of the uh, pastors, Pastor Ben, he went and played with, and he said, if you just let the fruits of the Spirit show in your pickleball, because I have zero patience in pickleball, I just want to be like, and I was like, yeah, I never thought about that. Good job. Thank you, Pastor. (laughs) I want to do that right now. It's the same thing like Jesus went and he found fishermen who were devoted and said, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to be committed. Y'all, he found fishermen exactly where they were in their yuck. And he still said, come and follow me. They stayed with Jesus, remained with him, observed him, helped him as he did, did as he instructed. And they ultimately carried on when Jesus ascended to heaven. So just think about like Jesus' very short life here on earth. Like they got to be able to be a part of something and see like how Jesus saved and how he healed and teach and train and empower and encourage one another. And that mantle is on us. Like that's the gift that we get to do. We should not be sitting at 4%. We know, we see, we are a part of something. Like you can't walk into this space and not recognize his presence in your life. And what he's saying is, he wants you to be a part of that every single day. Like we don't have to wait to heaven to experience his presence. So how do you know if you have the spiritual maturity? Your love will become more and more. That's a great indicator. Discipline is good, but it cannot be your scale upon scales. You can have the most disciplined leader in your church and that does not show any love, communicate love or anything. And that does not represent God. It just doesn't. God is love. And so let that be your gauge. If everybody will, we're just gonna bow our heads, close our eyes. I just want this to be a time between you and the Lord for just some good self-reflection. And um, 
I want you to think about yourself at this point, no one else. You know, in my Bible, I have the um, NLT. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, directly above, it says, true disciples. So I thought, well, we're talking about discipleship, apprenticeship. Let me see what Jesus is saying a little bit more about true disciples. And it says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name. We've cast out demons in your name and we've performed many miracles in your name. But I will say to you, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who broke God's law. I don't want to confuse our lip service with a heart posture. Salvation is a free gift. There's not one thing that we can do that would merit any way for us to earn our salvation. But when you follow after Jesus, you'll find yourself living with fulfillment. You have the gift of eternal life. You're brought into an incredible faith family that wants to link arms with you and you get to discover every single day about the God of the universe. And when you follow after Jesus, the Bible says you are a chosen person, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I love how another translation says, he did that so you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout. He's called us out of darkness so we can step aside from our good to go to his great, from our mediocre for his mind-blowing, like I can't believe this is how the Lord is showing me his love. I'm not saying that it's always gonna be rainbows and sunshines. That is very rarely the case. But it is his goodness and his step and his presence that walks with us that we're able to have that muscle memory. And you know what, Lord, you were faithful then, you're gonna be faithful now. You're a healer then, you're a healer now. So all of those old habits have to be replaced with spiritual habits and just allow the Holy Spirit to do the work so that you can see his glorious wonders. If you're in this room tonight and you're the 4%, I'm gonna believe in my heart of hearts, it's so much more. I pray that this has been just something that stirred in you, that, that it's made you go back and think, you know what? I need to get back into my word so I can, I may, like that rote memory is there, but I need a good refresh. And if you're in this room tonight and you call yourself a Christian, but you've just gotten tripped up and you've just settled for, let's be honest, like it's bad. If it's not God's best, it's not God's best. And he wants you to know it's not too late. And you are just not good enough to overcome his good and perfect plan for your life. And if you're in this room tonight and you've never asked Jesus to come and be your Lord and Savior, he wants you to know it's not too late. Jesus knows from personal experience the emotional weight of being human. We don't pray to a high priest who doesn't sympathize or empathize with where we are. We pray to the one who made a way for us to have relationship with him. So the same God that loves you more than what we could ever even imagine 
wants you to see and discover that life on purpose, that that step-by-step intentionality in following after Him. So I just wanna pray. I wanna give you an opportunity to just where you are, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, today is an incredible day to do that. Like this is, what an incredible journey to begin tonight. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, that you see us. Lord, that you challenge us. But it's not in like this disciplined way of, of, gosh, that just, that was awful. And we have to walk away with shame. And But it's just because of your goodness, your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so God, that's what we do right now. We repent and we turn from the times that we put our own thought presses, our our own priorities over yours, Lord. I ask God tonight and where we are, whether you're watching online or whether you're in this room or even just driving down the road, listening to this podcast later on, that there's just this moment between you and the Lord. It's Lord, forgive me for making it my own when it is yours and your kingdom alone. And for my friend that is saying, you know, I just, I don't want to get to heaven and for God to say, or for Jesus to say, I never knew you. Lord, we love you and we are so thankful that you came, you, you, you brought us life here on earth that we can just follow an example. And not only that, you gave it all away so we could spend eternity with you. And we believe, Lord, that you did that, but that you also rose so we could spend eternity with you. And so God, we ask for your salvation and we ask God that you fill this place, Lord, with your goodness and your kindness. And Lord, that this is a moment that we are all able to say, Father, we want more of you, but not just right now. We want it every single day in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening today. We hope you feel encouraged and stronger in your faith because of these conversations. We love our community of women and would love to see it grow. Can you do us a favor and share the podcast with one friend today that you know would love it? And if you're feeling a little extra sparkle today, give us a quick rating and review. Have a great rest of your day. And until next time, keep keep growing. growing.